Let's pray together. Lord God, you are welcome here. Your Holy Spirit is here. We sense your presence right where we are. And we ask that you would come again this morning. That you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our lives, open our doors to what you have for us. Let us be unafraid to come into your presence and to ask for what we need to seek your way and your will in our lives, to work for it alongside you as you guide us and direct us. And when we come to that moment of vulnerability where we have to knock, not knowing what will be on the other side of that door, we trust that you will be there as well. And so as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, have your way with us this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And all who agree say, Amen. Our scripture today comes um, from the Gospel of Matthew. It is the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest teaching ever given by the smartest man who's ever lived. So if you'll join with me now um, in this reading from Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. In uncertain times, we can ask God for what we need. We can ask God for whatever it is that's on our hearts, the places we need help, the places we need hope. And we can seek and search and strive for what God shows us. And when that moment of truth comes, we can knock on the door and trust that Jesus is with us, both in our knocking and in the receiving of our lives. My name is Mark Foster. I'm the senior founding pastor of the people known as Acts 2 United Methodist Church. And we are in our third week of our, ser- our new sermon series called Disrupted, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And this week, I have something really important to share with you. And that is with all that you are and all that you have, 
seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. So we're going to learn how to do that today. Um, As I said, we're in the third week, and so the first week, uh, we learned that the first principle is to say yes to God. Will you say say that with me? Say yes to God. The scripture with that was, came from the Psalms, Psalm 145, and it says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, to all people, and His compassion is over all that He has made. And so we can say yes to God because God is gracious and merciful to everyone. We don't have to be afraid to ask God for what we need. We can say yes to Him as God leads us because of who God is, because of God's character. But so often, whatever God is showing us, God uses other people to do that. So the second principle that we looked at last week was that we need to choose our traveling companions wisely. Will you say that with me? Choose your traveling companions wisely. And the wisdom from the scriptures that we looked at came from Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 10. So last week we learned that we all need three people in our lives. A coach, a counselor, and a choreographer. A coach is someone who has knowledge that we don't have. Um, A counselor is someone who is a non-anxious presence who can listen and respond and give us feedback about what they're hearing. And finally, a choreographer is someone who lets us know what we look like. They can simply look at our lives and they'll say, hey, you don't seem like yourself today. Or, wow, you look really happy. What's going on in your life? And so they're able to mirror back to us what we present to the world. These three people are absolutely key for a healthy and happy life. You see, what we learned last week is this, that it's not about the problem facing you. It's about the people surrounding you. So you can get through any problem if you've got the right people to help you figure it out together. Someone to listen, someone to coach, and someone to help you see right where you are. It's like on those maps. You really do need that dot that says you are here. Because if you don't know where you are, it's really hard to find the way that God is making. Last week, we talked about all of us have storms of life. And the church represents, uh, is represented by a boat. It's a metaphor. And here maybe is you, you're rowing hard and you're trying to get back to shore. And, and maybe you have somebody sitting here in your boat and they're so happy. Look how happy they are. But underneath um, where you can't see, there's someone actually literally actively drilling holes in your boat. And you cannot keep those people around you very long or they will sink you. They will absolutely sink your boat. And here's the thing that I need you to know, friends. That if you're not actively seeking wisdom... If you're not asking God for help, you're drilling holes in your own boat. That's a hard lesson. We like to think of ourselves as being the people rowing and other people drilling the holes. But friends, if you are not seeking wisdom, you are drilling holes in your own boat. And that's why this week's lesson is so important. Principle three is this, that we place a high value on wisdom. And once we find it, we seek formal, structured knowledge. If God is calling you to be a doctor or a surgeon, you better go to medical school. I don't know a single person on the planet that wants to have surgery with somebody who woke up that morning and said, you know, I think I'll be a surgeon. 
No, it takes years and years of study and medicine and science for them to do what they do. In the same way, maybe God's calling you to be a pastor and you need to go to seminary or uh, get a doctoral degree. There are so many things that require structured, formal knowledge. When God gives you an answer, it then requires your participation to seek it out and to strive and to search for it. Now, when we talk about wisdom, what are we talking about? We're talking about that wisdom is skill and knowledge applied to living. And so that's why grandmas and grandpas are so great, because they have wisdom. Because they can say, yes, I have that skill, or I used to have that skill, and I have knowledge, and I have applied it to my life. That's why it's so hard for young ones to have wisdom. They may have lots of skills, and they may have knowledge, but if you haven't lived very long, it's hard to be wise. Wisdom comes with age and applied skill and knowledge. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about wisdom. And of course, God is very old. God has all the wisdom in the world and God can do anything. And we know that God is good. How often? All the time. And all the time, God is good. And it is God's wisdom that we're seeking after this morning. So, Proverbs 24, wisdom literature says this. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, you will find a future and your, what's this word? Hope. Your hope will not be cut off. Friends, so often I see young families uh, or friends of mine that are going through something that Chantel and I have been through before. I remember when one of our children was very young in the first seven weeks of life, um, he would start crying at about 4.35 in the evening. And we would go to the doctor and, and we would say, what, what's going on? And we, we're not sure we can take it. We're thinking about giving him back. Um, it was really very difficult. He would cry and we would cry and we would try to soothe him and nothing would happen. And, and he would cry from about 4.35 in the evening till about midnight every night. And we just didn't know if we could take it. And when we went to our doctor, they would just kind of smile and nod and look at us. And they would say, you're going to be fine. He's going to be fine. We've seen this a thousand times before. At about week seven, this is all going to go away and you'll hardly remember it. Well, they're right about half of it. It went away, but I still remember it. It was rough. And so oftentimes, if you have the knowledge, if you have the skill, if you have the experience of knowing, yes, I see this person's in difficulty, but I know how this is going to end. I know that a child's going to grow through this. Same way when our teenagers go through their first loss of love. They think their world is over. And for them, they think it's hopeless. But for most of us, we don't marry the first school crush we have. We, we've been through that. We know that there's recovery from that. And sure enough, life continues on. But it takes applied knowledge and skill. So here's the thing. When we possess the wisdom needed for a particular situation... We gain hope. When we look at that young person or we look at that young family with a a little one with colic, we say, oh, there's hope for you. We've seen this a hundred times before. It's going to be okay. When we talk to our teenagers, we know it's going to be okay. We're going to be here with you. We'll help you walk through this. This is maybe what we did when we went through that season. But it is true that many times we feel hopeless because we don't know what to do next. We simply don't know what to do. And so when that wisdom comes and we actually see our next step, man, is it glorious. It actually provides us hope. The Bible says to pay whatever it costs to gain wisdom. Really, whatever it costs. Again, back in Proverbs, it says this. 
Take this to heart. Do what I tell you. Live, sell everything and buy wisdom. Forge for understanding. Don't forget one word. Don't deviate an inch. Never walk away from wisdom. She guards your life. Love her. She keeps her eye on you. Above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Hear that, friends. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. Throw your arms around her. Believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious. Glorious. Well, how do we do this? What does the Bible tell us to do? Well, Jesus' little brother, James, he says that if you lack wisdom, ask for it. When you face trials and you lack wisdom to know what to do, ask God. God is more than willing to help you. God wants to help you. God loves you. And so we are all facing trials right now, and we all need some wisdom. So ask God. God is ready to help. So James says it like this. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. I think James listened to his older brother, Jesus. Jesus said a lot about this, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. God will tell us what we need when we need it, but not ahead of time, just in time. And the Bible is full of these stories. In all 66 books, we find God showing up at the perfect time. God shows up right on time, not ahead of time and not too late, just in time. We see this, of course, gloriously in the Red Sea event, the exodus from Egypt, where the people had left Egypt and Pharaoh was right on them, and God did not open the sea Weeks ahead of time, he waited until it was the right time to move the people through. And so we have to be in conversation. We need to be praying with God, listening to God, crying out to God. And when God says go, we need to go. And when God says wait, we need to wait because God's timing is perfect. And in my life, and I, I guess this is true for you too, God never lays it all out for me. I don't get to see weeks and months and years in advance. I simply have enough for the day. That's how God works. So, what does Jesus say to do? Well, we find some really incredible wisdom and knowledge applied to our life in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Now, the context of this is Jesus is speaking about prayer, about when we go to God, what can we pray for? What do we ask for? How do we do that? Jesus is empowering our prayer life encouraging our prayer life and saying, you need to just ask for what you need. No pretending with God. Just go ahead and go for it. Jesus says really clearly, ask and it will be given you. Notice it's not asking it, it may or may not happen. No, Jesus asks and it will be given to you. Now again, Jesus' little brother James says it like this, you know, because if we're honest, we've prayed and it hasn't happened. Well, why is that? Well, that, James says it's because you don't have because you don't ask. And man, is that true. How many times in your family system over these last few weeks have you been frustrated because your kids didn't do what you hoped they would do, but you didn't ask them, they just didn't do it? Or maybe it was your husband, or maybe it was your wife, or maybe it was a colleague, or, or maybe somebody, uh, maybe it was your boss. And, and you know, you're frustrated because somebody that works with you or for you or above you uh, didn't do what you hoped they would do. Well, you never asked them. And that... That's true for all of us, friends. We don't have because we don't ask. And then sometimes we don't have because we ask and we don't receive because we ask wrongly. 
in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. And so if you ask, you know, in, in your work system uh, for you to just like hang out while everybody else working, don't expect a yes on that. That's probably not going to happen. What Jesus is saying and Jesus promise is that everyone who asks in alignment with him, in alignment with God's will, receives every time. So if God wants something in your life and you open yourself to that and you pray for that to happen in Jesus name, what Jesus would want in that situation, then it's going to happen. Jesus promises for everyone that whoever asks receives if we're in alignment with God and God's will and God's grace. And so it's not about our own selfishness. Those prayers are often not answered. But if we pray as Jesus has taught us in the Lord's Prayer and otherwise, then everyone who asks receives. That's what he says in Matthew 7, 8. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. So ask, search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. You see, friends, we trust in a God who is better than we are, even to our own children. And Jesus wants us to know this. We don't have to be afraid to ask God for anything because God wants to bless you. God wants to help you, and he wants to help you even more than you want to help your own children. And so Jesus really continues this line of thought. He says, is there any among you who, if your child asks for bread, right, because kids get hungry. I mean, look at this. Oh, my gosh. Looks so good. A a wonderful, warm loaf of bread straight out of the oven. If that's what your kid wants, right, are you going to give him a stone? That's just cold. Or if the child asks for a fish, we'll give a snake. Oh, my gosh. Now, some of you at home, you're like, get that off my screen. I hate snakes. I hate snakes, too. You're like, Pastor Mark, that's evil. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jesus says, yeah, nobody would do that, right? Even you then, who are evil, right, even if you do something like show a, a snake on a screen, even you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Jesus is saying, you know how it works in a family system. Even people who aren't all that great, they know how to care for their kids and give good gifts to their kids. God, who is perfect in every way, is happy to bless you, happy to help. So if this is true, if Jesus promises that if we ask and we seek and we search and we strive and we knock that it's going to happen, then why don't we? Why don't we ask, search, and knock? Well, I I think there's a few reasons. Let's look at the first part. Why don't we ask? Well, I think because of our pride. We don't like to admit that we don't have it all together. We don't like to admit that maybe we don't have all the resources that we wish we had. Maybe we don't like to ask for help. We want people to read our minds. We don't ask because we don't want people to really know us. Our pride's in the way. So Jesus actually tells a parable. He tells a story um, to get at this. He says this. Jesus says, suppose one of you has a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. You all know that. When you can't get your kids down and they got to be in your bed with you, you don't want to move, you don't want a noise, you don't want the dog to bark, because once they're up, they're up. And Jesus says, The guy says back, I cannot get up and give you anything 
I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, at least because of his, say this word with me, persistence, he's going to get up because he don't want his kids to get up. And, and he's going to give him whatever he needs. He's like, just go away. If I get you the bread, will you go away? Because I can't afford to be up all night with these kids. So go, here's your bread. Here's your three loaves of bread. Jesus says, when we pray, that's how we're to be. We are to be shameless in asking of God. We can ask God for anything. Our deepest heart's desire, whatever we want, God is ready to give us if it is a blessing, a real blessing to us and a blessing to others. If it doesn't harm us and doesn't harm uh, others, then more than likely it's, it's on its way. But only God really knows that in God's good wisdom. Um, the, the image, the metaphor, if you will, of how we are to be is like a dog begging at your table. Jesus is saying, we need to be the dog. We, we need to be like that. And, and God the Father has everything we need at the Lord's table. Everything we need is right there. And we are to be dogged in our determination about receiving the very best that God has to offer the world in and through and around and sometimes in spite of us. We are to be there begging for what God has for us, the very fullness of life, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the mercy, the justice, the kindness, the patience, the grace of God for ourselves and for others. This is the position and the posture on our knees looking up to the Father for every need. The second reason we don't ask is fear. So we're afraid. If you're like me, sometimes I don't ask for what I need from the people I love most because I'm afraid they may not give it to me and my feelings will be hurt. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to ask uh, a boss for a raise or I don't want to ask uh, a colleague for something that I really think is important because I don't want to upset them or I don't want to be disappointed. I don't ask for things in my life because I'm afraid it won't go the way I want it to go because I don't control the outcomes. When we ask something of someone else, we don't get to control whether they say yes or no. We just have to live with the outcome. And so sometimes we choose not to ask because we're not sure we can withstand the disappointment if it doesn't go the way we hope. So we're afraid. And Jesus understands this about us. So he told another parable. This time it was about uh, an old woman, a widow woman who goes before a judge. And he says this. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray. Again, this is about our prayer life, about us going to God. Uh, we, we need to pray always and not to lose heart. And so Jesus said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. So this isn't a great judge, right? This is just someone who neither feared God nor had respect for people. And in that city, there was a widow who kept coming to the judge and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, this judge did, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice. For no other reason than she is wearing him out so that she may not wear me out by continually coming, he says. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God, who is just, grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? And of course, Jesus answers, no, of course not. God loves you. God is a loving, wonderful Abba, Daddy, Father, not an unjust judge. He is just and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. 
Psalm 145. And God is sending us people with the wisdom and the knowledge to help us learn and live well. So what Jesus is saying is, friends, don't be afraid. No, you don't have to be afraid. God is willing. God is ready to feed you, to help you, to clothe you, all the things you need. God is willing. Don't be afraid. So, why don't we search? Well, because it's hard. It can be really hard. It just is. So again, in the Sermon on the Mount earlier, Jesus has said this in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles, people not of faith, who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Of course. But here's the thing about all these these pieces, that answered prayer is often disguised as hard work. As hard work. So many of the things that, that we pray for wrongly is not because they're bad, it's just we're lazy. People just being lazy. So many of the answers that God has for our prayer life, they're disguised as hard work. You just, you just got to do the work. If you want a degree, you got to read the books and take the tests. If you want to raise, you've got to do the work at your job. You got to be dependable. And so here's the thing. We often don't search and strive after the wisdom because it's going to require a lot of us and maybe more than we want to do. Certainly more maybe than we're used to doing. Again, why don't we search? Well, it costs too much. We say, well, I really feel like I'm, I'm called to be an attorney. But have you seen the cost of law school? Have you seen what it takes? Uh, I don't know that I can do it. I'm afraid. Um, but man, when I get that bill, man, it just costs too much. It costs too much. I, don't, I, I know that that's what I'm supposed to do, but it's just, it's just out of my price range. And this is what Jesus says about when God calls you, when God tells you something, when God gives you the wisdom that you're looking for. He says this, strive first for the kingdom of God. Search, seek, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you're worried about, they're going to be given to you as well. You don't have to worry about that. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's true. Today's trouble is enough for today. So sometimes we don't search just because it's really hard and we think it's going to cost too much and we're worried. We're just worried. And Jesus says you don't have to because God knows where you are. He knows your address. He sees you and he loves you. And where God gives vision, God gives provision for you and all his children. So finally then, why don't we knock? Well, because to knock requires us to be vulnerable. And so, if we get the first two right, we're we're on our knees, we're in the scriptures, and we pray, and we ask, and God says, well, I think you need to get get a degree. Um, I think if you want to be this in this profession, then you need to be licensed in that profession. And we say, okay. So we've asked, it's been answered. And then we start to search and strive. Where do I go to school? What does it cost? How do I do it? How do I work that through? But then you come to the moment where you have to apply. You have, so you have to put yourself out there. It requires us to be vulnerable. That moment where all the asking and all the seeking has come, and then it's this moment of faith where you have to step up and knock on that door, not knowing what the response is going to be, not knowing whether it's going to be opened wide or slammed in your face. 
You're falling the way, but you're afraid. You're vulnerable. But God says, it's time. And so we, we don't like to knock. We come, each and every one of us, to doors in our lives. And depending on whether you knock or not, depends on the way your life goes. There are probably a hundred different quotes about uh, saying that things like, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather live uh, with the pain of rejection than the pain of regret. I don't know what your favorite quote is, but, but anybody who's lived long enough knows that, that some of the worst things in our lives are those moments where we got to the door. We didn't knock. We shrunk back. And we wonder, what would our life have been like if I took that chance, if I knocked on that door? And friends, because Christ loves you, because God is wonderful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, you can knock. Because when we don't know what it is on the other side to move forward, we must knock. If you want to move forward, you have to knock. We don't know what's going to happen, but if you're going to move forward, you have to knock. And while we don't know what is on the other side, we do know who is on the other side. In the very last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 3, we're promised that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and the door of my heart. Jesus says, listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. The great news, friends, is that Jesus, the perfect representation of God, is with you on your side of the door knocking, and he's on the other side of the door ready to receive you, to bless you, to walk with you, and make a way where there seems to be no way. You can trust in him. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who searches, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to you in Jesus name. So how do we live this out? Our action steps this week. Ask God for wisdom in a place where you have lost hope. Maybe you've prayed about something for a long time, about a child, a spouse, a job, a relationship with your brother or sister or parent, and it, it, just, it just hasn't ever gone anywhere. Friends, pray again. Ask God for wisdom about that situation wherever it is that you've lost hope, go there and cry out to God and see what happens. I'll be praying with you about that. And secondly, strive for wisdom with all your strength and apply it with all that you are. Once you find wisdom, go. Go right where God's calling you. It's the best, safest, most wonderful place you could possibly be in the world. Strive for wisdom with all your strength and apply it with all that you are. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In just a moment, we'll be taking up our offering. 
I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who've been giving online these days uh, or putting your check in the mail. It's making a wonderful difference. And it allows us to do lots of wonderful work that uh, Pastor Brandon will be talking about in just a moment in the time of response. Um, but if you've not yet uh, given this week, uh, I want to invite you to do so because it's making a wonderful difference both here uh, in Edmond and around the world. And so um, you can simply go to our website, go up to the giving tab um, and click um, really whatever it is that you want to do. And so uh, we pray that as the Lord leads you, you will follow um, and that you will walk in his way that leads to life in his wisdom and in his grace. And we thank you for your generosity.